Hello and welcome to episode five of Forerunners.app podcast with Alice and Lizzie. We have a special episode planned all to do with travel. But before we do start that, we are going to go through our traditional quick fire round. Lizzie, you go first. Okay, me first. Alice, what is your favorite pickled vegetable? Pickled zucchinis. Okay. Um, not what I expected, but all right. Uh, would you rather sit next to somebody on a plane eating boiled eggs or eating a peanut butter sandwich? Definitely a peanut butter sandwich. Is that even a question? Oh my God, absolutely. So gross. True or false, have you ever used my toothbrush? Savage. I know the answer to this because I walked in and I caught you. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> they're very similar colours and I don't know. Not okay. Not okay. Moving on. Would you rather live on smoothies for a week or salad sandwiches for a week? Oh, it's a tough call. I'm going to go salad sandwiches for now. Oh, no, you can't have a salad sandwich for breakfast. That's devastating. I'm going to I'm gonna swap it. Can I swap it? Is it too late to swap? It's okay. Smoothies. So what is the devastating thing about a salad sandwich for breakfast that is like the no-go? It's not right. It's not right at all. But which ingredient in particular? Specifically the lettuce. I was thinking that. Maybe cucumber. Lettuce, yeah, it's too much crunch for the morning. A bit weird, a bit fresh. Yeah, no, it's not wrong. Okay, last question. Where's your favourite location for an ocean swim? Byron Bay, specifically travelling one direction. So from the pass towards the surf club because you get this incredible like, tail current. So you swim incredibly fast and feel like a bit of a hero. Good, what's your PB? Don't know, actually. It's a really good question. I think I actually did a swim once where it was like one ten per hundred, well, a minute ten seconds per hundred meters, which is just ridiculous because that's actually not my swimming capacity at all. But um, yeah, the current got me. It's really impressive. And really I feel impressive. I thought my Apple Watch was broken. I was like, no, it's just a massive current. We've got lots of little um. What do you do in your Apple Watch? Oh, in your rings? Yeah, closed all my rings. Got oh, the congratulations goals. All right, my turn. Liz, this is a true or false question. Quick fire round. Five questions. Here we are. Before a race, specifically a ten k road race, have you eaten <laughs> a bowl of rice with salt, a banana and honey roll, a smoothie, a coffee, a caramel sesame bar, a Red Bull, and then a handful of mixed lollies, all within an hour before a very fast 34-minute 10K road race. All right. Okay. The answer is that's true. That is really true. How did you feel? Uh, I felt terrible and I ran terribly. I was so full, but I was really just, I really just wanted to run well. And I thought that carb loading would be the secret to doing that. (laughs) So I just started off with a bowl of rice and then I was just like, okay, well, I've got to have my um, honey and jam like roll because that was kind of part of the plan. And then there was a sesame snap bar. So I was like, okay, you got to have that. Red Bull. And plus lollies. I can't even remember what else there was. You've got a really good memory for that. Um, needless, and then afterwards, I remember jogging down to the start line together. And I was like, Alice, I don't feel good. I really don't feel good. And you'll be like, you said, oh, it's okay. It'll pass. Like, what did you eat? Having said that, I didn't know what you'd actually eaten. You'd gotten up an hour before me. I prioritized sleep and a banana was my go-to. And yeah, I was horrified. I had so many regrets. I was um, running that race and I could just feel my stomach the whole way. <laughs> Never do that again. To be honest, I reckon even if all I had was a banana, I reckon that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Your 10K, it's not too far. All right. In your next Pilates class list, you've got to choose chair lunges or four-point kneeling hovers, bird dogs. Absolutely chair lunges. Okay. Good. Upright. Fair enough. True or false, another one of these. You've done a triathlon, wait for it, where you actually wore your swimming cap throughout the bike leg underneath your helmet. That is true, and there's actually photo photo evidence of that too. Uh, yes. 
standing fork. How did you think that, that was a good idea? I didn't know. I didn't know you were supposed to take it off. I'm pretty sure I ran in it too. And crossed the line and I was like, Close. also everyone had the everyone had the like it was a Mars bar triathlon, so everyone had the Mars cap and even better, I for some reason brought my own bright yellow one. So I was the only one wearing all well, obviously at the end. But it even gets better during the swim leg of that race, the it was the the IRB boat came and asked me if I needed help. And I was like, no, nah, this is just how I fit in. <laughs> I think that's the first and last triathlon I've ever done. That's um, so we'll leave it there. What were you doing in the water? Were you doing backstroke or? Uh, I hope, I, I think I was probably doggy paddle to be honest. Amazing. Yeah. Your specialist stroke is doggy paddle. That's your yeah. go-to. Um, all right. If you were to race for the rest of your life in A, just a pair of bundies, or B, a onesie pair of speedos, what would you choose? Well, you say just a pair of undies, like no top. Oh, no, definitely can wear a top, but the bottom half is the undies, just to clarify. I can just about go speedos. I've been borrowing yours. I'm quite attached to it. It's actually really annoying, to be honest. Um, all right, number five. If you had to live on just one meat, being unagi, which is eel, your favourite, or kangaroo, specifically kangaroo sausages, also a favourite. <laughs> what would you choose? To be honest, when you say like my favourite, it's like they're good, but then also like... Fishy and like meaty. Yeah. Ah, really tall on. They're both gross. Yeah. Uh, so, unagi. Oh, scavenge. Okay, that's enough of that. We've all got an appetite. Well, so let's move on. Absolutely. Okay, so today's episode is all about the travel experience. We have been down the pathway of how we both function throughout COVID, both in terms of training, work, and life. And we were just talking earlier today about some of the travel experiences we've had, some of them quite similar, some of them together, some of them separate, and most of them chaotic. Most of them, for sure. Yeah. Specifically yours, to be honest. I reckon you take the cake. Definitely Um, mine, but I reckon our first trip together, which was a a planned holiday to Vietnam, um, I think first trip post-COVID was absolutely the most recent failure. Absolutely. So this trip to Vietnam was actually planned really well by yourself. I actually reckon you did an incredible job of logistics and sorting out accommodation, et cetera, et cetera. So we arrive at the airport, cutting it fine, I'd say, um, only to find a massive queue. So it was pretty late at night. It was probably 10 p.m. at night. Didn't get really through to where we were supposed to check in till close-ish to midnight, only to find out that you need a visa for Vietnam. I did a lot of research about this trip and I found really cool hotels, really cool locations, but didn't think to research the the whole visa aspect of it. So embarrassing. I've been to Vietnam before, but how did I not know this? So so we were packed, ready to go, and we were side. In fact, we were at the front. We had our, at the front of the line, we had our passports out ready to check in. Uh, Next minute, they're like, no, we can't let you on the plane. Yeah. So... Yeah, so we did try and uh, negotiate a little bit. We did our best, but it's just not a thing. You know, visa, no entry. So we did actually try and stay at the airport. We were like, okay, right, well, we can't go to Vietnam today. Where else can we go? We're going to go somewhere. Like, we've got our bags packed. We're not going home. That seems really lame. So which other country can we get into without a visa? So we sat there and I think we were just eating rice balls. Oh, my God, we were eating, like, dab rab balls of rice in the airport, just Googling which countries don't require a visa. And then we came across Thailand. Thailand. Super sunny, super happy happy, like, let's do it. So we did that. Booked the next flight to Thailand, which happened to be six o'clock the next morning. So we had like, what, probably about five hours to kill between like, what, 1am and and 6am. So we decided to go and try and find a hotel just to stay at overnight. The Novotel at the airport was like crazy expensive. So we thought, oh, let's go to the cheap, like budget. Yeah. One across the road. The um, only issue was there was a freeway between us and the hotel. 
So we're like, oh, surely we can just walk, walk across there. Um, we got as far as we could. We could see the hotels, like, like how far? hundred meters away? Yeah, but there was a freeway. There was a truck. And even <laughs> we had our wheelie bags. And we're like, you know what? We're calling an Uber. We're going on. So we literally caught an Uber, went all the way home, slept for maybe a couple of hours, and then caught an Uber back to the airport um, and embarked on our journey to Thailand. Which is a whole other story, but obviously um, went completely pear-shaped from the word go. Literally everything went wrong. But we do have another travel experience, and it is kindred because this travel experience um, subsequently involves eggs. Okay, so Lizzie, I want to hear about the time you were running a bit late, you were overseas. Talk us through your egg experience while traveling. Well, I, I was in Ireland, and I think it was the morning after the race, and I prioritized going for a long run with uh, some friends rather than arriving at the buffet with enough time to actually get like a proper meal. So rather than sitting down eating it, I just stuffed scrambled eggs into a travel mug and pocketed some oh. bread as well and some ketchup, I think, and got to the airport. Still had like checked in and everything, still hadn't actually eaten it. Um, and then when I went to go through the security check, they said to me, you're not allowed to bring, like they pointed to my travel mug and they said, you're not allowed to bring liquids through here. And I was just like, oh, it's not liquids, it's eggs. And they were just like, no, not okay. And then I had to prove it. I showed them the scrambled eggs and they were kind of like, not sure if that's okay. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, didn't that kind of thing. So you walked through, they stopped you. And then in order for you to keep your eggs for your breakfast, you took the lid off this <laughs> manky cold round of scrambled eggs, which, which had ketchup on them. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. And they had to then justify the entrance of this tutored mass. Needless to say, they were absolutely horrified. But you know what? They actually let me through. They're like, you're right. It's not liquids. Also, just take it. Just take it through. I don't want to see it again. Got it through, sat there and had my scrambled, cold scrambled egg sandwich in stale white bread. I actually kind of enjoyed it because at that point, if you've just done a long run, you're pretty hungry. So glad I had something. Probably should have just waited and got uh, some food at the airport, but didn't want to waste the buffet opportunity. <laughs> All right. What And what's your egg story? Okay. So it also involves a buffet and being the classic sort of tourist, there's a buffet breakfast. Anytime we travel, everyone's done it. You go to the buffet, eat as much as you can for breakfast, but you know you're going to get hungry later. And if you can have a good buffet breakfast, it can almost tide you over till like late evening when you're ready for like drinks and dinner, etc. So I was like, I oh, know, I'm going to take, take a bit of a snack. And everyone's guilty of it. You whack a muffin in your handbag, whatever. You get some grapes in a serviette, that sort of thing. But they had these boiled eggs and I was like, oh, that's perfect. A bit of protein for later. Also, they've got the shell, so they've got a bit of structure. They're not going to go a bit weird if I just like whip them up my sleeve, like a proper grifter, like actually up, up my job. sleeve? I know. Well, I didn't have pockets, so which was a rookie error. You always take pockets. I mean, you've been known to take full Tupperware down to the buffet <laughs> and slide it off the table into your Tupperware containers. I'm seeing it. It's true. It's true. Okay, so I did this. I got an egg, bought egg. They're actually massive eggs. I don't know why they were so big. I just specifically remember being like, wow, I'm really impressed. I bet these are a double yolk. Anyway, whacked them up my sleeve and I took all my plates I'd finished over to where you put your sort of dirty dishes, etc. I was on my way back up to my room to get my stuff to go on my first day trip. And this lovely lady came up to me. It was in Thailand at the time. And she was like, stop. And I was like, oh no, like what, what's happened? And at this time, the buffet area was pretty full. There was lots of people. There was tourists, most of them Westerners, all sitting there with their lovely breakfast, their coffee, their tropical fruit, their omelets. You know the deal. They all sort of, there was a bit of a commotion because she was quite aggressive. Like, she was like, stop, put the hand up. And I was like, okay, sorry, like, what's going on? She's like, pointed at me and said, egg. And I said, 
what? I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no idea. She repeated it, pointed, egg. And I was like, oh, this is really embarrassing. So people, she was getting louder. People were looking. I was staying there trying to deny the fact that I knew what she meant. She knew I'd taken eggs. I knew I'd taken eggs. Everyone knew I'd taken them. So I thought, I thought, right, I'm just going to have to rip this off and just get on my way. So I pulled out one of the eggs and I said, I'm really sorry. Do you want it back? And she snatched it off me. And then I went to sort of walk past her and the hand came up again. And she said, stop, other egg. I was like, oh my God, I died inside. I was like, actually mortifying. And so then, of course, by this stage, everyone was looking. Everyone's eyes were across to me and going, what is she doing? And then I had to shamefully, she was literally like patting me down with her eyes, whipped out the other giant egg, handed it to her. She snatched both of them, marched back to the kitchen. And then I had to do that walk of shame with a towel between my legs all the way back up to my room. And I actually checked out of that hotel. I can't be sitting here again. <laughs> yeah. I actually checked out. I was like, I'm done. Absolutely fair enough too. Um, but my, my secondary question to that is that what happened to the eggs? Did they just go back and then the next person sort of had them after they'd been up your sleeves for a while? Or? I absolutely no idea. She did take them back into the kitchen. But look, they were, to be fair, I mean, they were probably fine for someone else who wanted to eat them because they still had the shell on. They had been in my sweaty little hands and up my sleeve, I guess. But They do have the shell. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I hope she knew that they had been hard-boiled and they weren't trying to, like, then cook with them or something. Anyway, so that's that's the egg stories, um, and I think we can move quite along. And I think I'm going to go to you, Liz. So you've had a little bit of a travel experience that involved the weather and you selling your clothes. Can you talk us through this? Oh, several times. I mean, I found myself in Ireland not realising that it rained a lot in Ireland. I took one pair of runners for a whole weekend uh, for a running trip, and literally first run that I went there, it absolutely bucketed down, so everything was completely saturated. And I had one pair of shoes to literally live in, warm up in, do everything for the whole weekend. So I ended up having to walk around with plastic bags on my feet or strapped around my ankles and then put into my shoes because that was the only way I, like, to avoid my socks getting completely drenched. That's probably not the, that main story or the highlight of my um, travel experience, including poor weather. <laughs> Hang on, wait, 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 back travel. So you would, you'd be wearing your wet shoes, but you would put your sock, then the plastic bag to weather tight it, and then your shoe on. So you'd sort of squelch around yep. in these shoes. Yeah, exactly. It actually worked really nicely. I had the plastic bags tied around my ankles. And um, what kind of a run and travels with one pair of shoes? Just seemed like a good idea. And I probably really wanted to prioritize bringing some like really cool outfits or something <laughs> rather than a high heels instead. That'd be right. That'd be absolutely right. Pair of gold instead. Um, but yes, but my, my probably fondest memory is there's a really cool op shop in Santa Monica where you can go in and you can trade your the clothes that you have um, for credit to, I guess, essentially buy secondhand clothes at this like swap. It was like a swap sort of op shop. And um, there were so many great things. And I really, I like rather than accumulating stuff, I was like, okay, this is great because I can get some, you know, new clothes to me, but I can also get rid of some of my old clothes. And I was going through all the stuff that I had and, you know, we we're in LA, there had been a drought for like how many years? And I had a pair of running leggings that I was going to warm up in. And I thought, you know what, I'm not going to need these. It's like so hot here, never rains, no no issues there. So traded them in, got this really cool like Versace dress and um, had to, I did have to pay a little bit of extra for that and a few other things. Anyway, comes to race day, uh, probably the next day, and it is literally turns to like cold weather, absolutely bucketing down. And I was just like, oh God, all I have are these little short shorts because I like literally traded in my 
leggings. It rained so much that the meet actually got cancelled halfway through. We got our races in, like the short distance races, but it was completely cancelled and I was absolutely stuck. So then I had to like go crawling to a friend asking, does anyone have any like spare pants? Because it's it's just too cold. I would have loved it if you had just gone, you know what, this Versace dress, I'm just going to wear it. <laughs> this is happening. This is every layer counts. It's going to do this run in this Versace dress. It looked totally fantastic. It had red leather shoulder pads. So worth it. Um, still ran well, I guess, in someone else's like sort of, they were like actually woolen, woolly tights that I borrowed, but I did the job really hot and it was totally worth it. Actually, um, speaking of, um, wearing things when you're running, we do need to backtrack just a little bit. Previously, we have spoken about, you have been caught wearing underwear as race kit, which to be honest, I kind of get it. Like if you get a decent pair of undies, they can very much double up as you know, race kid. They can look quite similar. However, a spectator did pick you up on this and say, I couldn't recognize the fact that you're wearing undies because they were bright purple and they very much look like undies. However, there has been a bit of an advancement to this story, Liz. A listener from a couple of weeks ago did mention there is more to this story about you wearing undies as race kid. Please elaborate. Okay. It's confession time. Okay, I'm going to start with saying it is really hard to find race briefs, like anywhere in Australia. They're really rare, really hard to find because it's just not really a com- like a popular thing to buy. So you makes sense. I'm not going to wear race briefs. I'm a, I'm a common runner and I'm not going to be running around in little tiny little onesie. Yeah, yeah. Please. Which is why when I found these sort of like, uh, you know, blue, I had a blue pair and a, a purple pair of these race briefs. Um, that oh, not race briefs, but underwear. And um, that's why I like jumped at the chance to get them and race in them. But yes, I was actually reminded by someone that there was a time when I was fossicking through my nana's wardrobe, as I would often do, just to see. Oh, I'm This is very good. Just to see what kind of clothes she had, as to what I could borrow. And um, for some reason, I was found myself in her undie drawer. Don't ask why. God. And um, you didn't. I found these like really nice black, sort of like uh, thick feeling banks, 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 shapewear. And I thought, you know what? These would be actually fantastic. Tried them on and I was like, yeah, they're kind of oversized for me. (laughs) They fit, they cover everything, they'll do the job. And yeah, they became my race briefs for probably a couple of seasons. Um, Not sure if I actually told my Nana that I took them and that I was wearing them, but my auntie certainly reminded me of uh, the fact that they were actually my Nana's uh, shapewear. So that is outstanding. Sorry, how are you fronted up? Did you win your races wearing your grandma's spanks? Um, yep, probably. I just try and locate some photos, but uh, to get evidence. But um, I think they look pretty good, actually. I definitely kept my waist nice and safe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I needed. That is amazing. All right, okay, we're gonna move on with the travel stories, and we are going to talk about excess baggage. All right, which is not found in shapewear, obviously. And I, ha- I have to say, I reckon, Al, you have one of the best stories that I've heard. I mean, everyone's always had to, you know, like take things out of their bag and like stuff it into their pockets. But this story that you've, <laughs> you were telling me that your mom put you through oh, is actually next level. Okay. So my mom, once she decides on something, she is a firecracker. My brother and I had just gotten back. I think it was Noosa to um, Melbourne. I-, I can't even remember. We'd been on a surfing trip, right? That it was kind of a winter surf trip. So, you know, you had your wetsuits, you had your boards, you had your uh, your woolly parkers, et cetera, et cetera. You had the kind of Lots gamut of things. of things. Anyway, we arrived and we got absolutely stung by excess baggage at the airport on our way there. And I can't remember the exact argument, but mum went something along the lines of, look at my daughter, Alice. She's tiny. 
surely the fact that she is so small, she can have a little bit extra, you know, the usual argument, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, no, ma'am, you know, it's going to be $160 or something per bag because you're over it. Anyway, mum was like, right, this is absolute rubbish. Everyone, open up your bags. So my brother and I were like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Fine. So open up our bags and we're like, okay, what can we put on so that we can reduce the baggage? So we start putting on a whole lot of clothes. And then, as you do, at this point, it seems like quite standard. standard, right? You know, I think I might have had some books as well. So the books went in the pockets, etc. You know, you find some heavy things. Toiletries is the other thing, you know, that we're sort of rummaging through. And then we realised the real weight component, and it sort of shouldn't have occurred to me, neoprene is very heavy, right? Mm-hmm. Wetsuits. Mum was like, right, <clears throat> wetsuits, they're going on. I'm like, oh, no, mum, like, please, like, it's, we're going to go on a plane with, like, people. Nah, wetsuits, both of you, steamers, put them on. So my brother and I, it was a wet and clammy and we're like trying to put these wetsuits, but because we only get like stripped off. So trying to put these wetsuits over our clothes and then the parkers over the wetsuits, we were sweating bullets. Like it was actually A, humiliating, B, just completely uncomfortable. And we were waddling around in this ridiculous (laughs) outfit and mum was just staring completely deadpan with eye contact with the air hostess. Standing there with her arms folded, watching all this take place, mum wasn't budging. She wasn't budging. It was like this standoff between the two of them. Who was? And then the air hostess just cracked. She's like, you know what? It's fine. Take your bags. Take it. Like, and then my brother went, you know, so we took off all of our clothes, took off the wetsuit, put them in the bags. Anyway, mum got the last laugh. And then to that day, we were always been so careful. Wetsuits go in your day pack, right? Not in your main level. Oh my God. That is actually really stressful because I feel like putting on a wetsuit, like at the best of times with everything going well, when you're not like stressed, flustered, wearing <laughs> clothes already, um, it's a challenging thing to be doing. Oh God, so it's so bad. That is incredibly impressive. Um, so read to my mum though, right? Just standing her ground and just putting up a battle. Yeah. Yeah. She's very tough. She's very intimidating at times. I thought she's little, but she's feisty. Yeah. Um, no, all right. Then you had a similar story where you had to, you also was a bit more awkward shapes as opposed to heavy weight with your excess baggage. Yeah, I guess that's true. It was after the city to surf race in, in Sydney and um, flying home because it's only a weekend, so you just take, you know, a carry-on bag. Um, I'd won this like kind of enormous glass trophy and also brought home with me a giant novelty check. And I was like, this is real questionable. Did you win that race? Um, I might have won come second. I don't know. Well, I had an opportunity check, so I reckon probably did pretty well. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure if I was even supposed to take it, but I was like, you always want to keep an opportunity check. Well, it's coming <laughs> up. So I was trying to be really strategic with it. And I had it like placed at the back of my car- uh, at the back of my suitcase so that I was kind of gripping the top of it with the handle does that make sense oh, yeah. so it was like flush along the back of the foot that's not what you checked just became the bag it became the bag right it yeah, just kind totally. of yeah very very discreet exactly thank <laughs> you um but yeah of course got stung and then um classically had to like unpack my luggage and i was like well there's nothing really in here there's a couple of pairs of like shoes clothes so you put on as many clothes as you can but we had a couple of cans of tuna that i'd taken and hadn't eaten <laughs> So they went in the bucket. go along with your egg. But I was left with no choice but to like pull out this giant glass trophy. Um, you know, the metal, all those kind of real heavy things. <laughs> and the plane that wears them metal. So I was that person. Oh, oh that's devastating. So I, yeah, I had that. But also my glass trophy that was kind of out and got lots of questions on it. Uh, not sure if it was like they were impressed or just absolutely cringing at me. Probably. <laughs> and I think you're in America. They'd be all over it. In Australia, it's not to be done, is it? Yeah, it's a bit awkward. Made it home, didn't get charged the extra 160 bucks or whatever it was. 
Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's a win in itself, I reckon. Cast your check, got your trophy, and you're through. But one story that's actually even better, and you know how you're motivated to do a race. Everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to do well. But for you, a particular race when you're traveling internationally had extra importance to you. Uh, I feel like I could, I could go through travel stories all day. <laughs> the ATM story. This is the ATM. So I was in Belgium at this time. I think for some reason, it was the first time I had withdrawn some cash in a really long time. Needed cash for whatever reason. So I went to an ATM, typed an incorrect password. I think it was about 15 times. Maybe oh, dude. Yeah. And then I got 15 it. 15 times. I feel like it should fail after four. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I did get it like a <laughs> Oh my God. I don't even know how, like, you I come up with a line behind your people being like, oh, I roll. Can she just sort her life out? And literally how many combinations of four digit numbers can you actually make? Like 15 is quite a lot. Yeah. I got a, a notification saying you've tried it like 15, 16 times. <laughs> We're locking you out. Fair enough. And I was like, honest. no, that was the only card that I had for like literally survival in Europe. So this was like quite a few years ago when bank transfers were not really a thing. My parents didn't have internet banking. I didn't really have anyone to save me except for my sister. And she was like, all right, I'll transfer you some money. But it was going to take like three working days or something to actually receive the money. So I had like $4 or something that I like yeah. uh, that I was actually able to use. I was in Belgium and I was racing, I think, the following night. So breakfast buffet, of course, you have like your bread or whatever. And I just had to do the whole like discreetly stuff my sleeves with uh, rolls and like ham and jam and cheese. That's kind of all that was offered at the Belgian buffet. So that's what I lived on for the day. And I literally had to run this race. Um off that, off rolls and ham and jam. And like my incentive was literally to get the cash from the win to be able to survive for the next few days until my sister was able to like transfer me the money. Um, stressful. Did you win? It was the best incentive and yes, I did actually win. And fortunately, they just handed over the cash, the prize money in cash like oh, that so night. Good. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So good. Back in the days when cash was more of a thing. Yeah, cash should be more of a thing always. Yeah, it was the actual cash. Yeah, I actually love it. Like right now, um, <laughs> my, my bank was uh, hacked into uh, like uh, actually quite a few weeks ago now. And so I'm getting quite used to just living on cash, mainly from things that I'm selling on Marketplace. Oh my God, um, this is literally selling everything in our house right now. Like if you don't put a label on it or hide it, she's gone. Sell it. See you later. If you haven't used it in a week, we don't need it. So that's what I've been doing to be able to survive. It's gone pretty well, but I also do really enjoy using cash. A lot of the people, um, when you hand it over to them, like this morning, I gave a $20 note to these people when I bought our coffees this morning. And they just handed me back heaps of like silver and gold. No, that's devastating. Yeah. Well, that's not okay. Yeah, but she kind of wasn't really sure about like what to do with money because people don't really use it anymore. Yeah, and that's gross. Yeah, it's a dying thing, but no, I'm kind of into it. I kind of like it. Okay. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Motto of the story, more cash. More cash. Always like keep a, like a, I don't know, something on you just to make sure, um, you know, it, if, if you need to pay for excess baggage, if you lose your wallet, if you type your incorrect pin 15 or more times, you need to buy lunch because you can't just steal eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Those things. Always handy. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. They are a few travel stories, mostly evolving and revolving around chaos. There's plenty more. If you guys have any stories that you have to do with travel, we would absolutely love to hear them. Even just talking about them this morning, all the different scenarios we've been through has been absolutely brilliant in terms of our entertainment. So we would love to hear from you as to what you've got for us. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.